They talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness. They talking all of they talking all of they talking all of this madness. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of Throwback Madness on the Matt Madness Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Ron Pashery. I'm here with my good friends, Mr. Sexy Punaconda, then now forever. Hey, yo. CK and Joe Rodermill. I'm here with Preptagon Jr., Josh Prepaguina. It's your boy. <laughs> and I'm here with Mr. Wednesday Night Live himself, Alo Aaron Lloyd. Welcome back to the show, guys. Vengeance 2002. It's a lovely pay-per-view. Yes, this was my selection for this month. Made the uh, good kid. At the end of the show, we will have Prep make his inaugural selection as part of the Matt Madness crew. <laughs> so, some so some people will fearful fearful yes. selection. But yeah. Prep, has your decision been made names. already? I'm jump, juggling between two, but okay, I think I'm pretty <laughs> set. It, All right, it'll land. Okay, so before we get started. I just want to mention, don't forget to check out Falls Count Anywhere with Derek McCauley, Rusty Agostino, and the, I almost called him the host with the most, that's Derek McCauley, the best producer in the podcast game, Zach Harmon. Uh, there will be a new episode of The Perfect Edge. We will have a new Unsanctioned with Ryan Ravel, who is a good friend of Derek McCauley and Russ. And if you like the show... Subscribe, follow, five-star reviews. Alo, where can they follow us? iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher. Tune in. We're everywhere, basically. Everywhere. Everywhere you can listen to a podcast, yes. we're there. Um, well, we're the only wrestling podcast. The only one. The yeah. first the first and only wrestling podcast. Even though I just mentioned three Pioneers. <laughs> Pioneers. Well, they're all under our brand. Matt That's Madness, true. Matt Madness, yeah, the Matt Madness Matt family. Madness Worldwide. Yes. <laughs> Matt Madness Worldwide. Uh, last thing, Alo, would you like to refresh the listeners' memories of our rating system? Yeah, if it's a horrible show, it's a job. If it falls someone in the middle, it's a slobber knocker. If it's a fantastic show, it's a showstopper. All right. So, who wants to start with their rating first? Of Vengeance 2002. I'm fine with going, uh, I would say probably for me, I enjoyed a lot of this, I would say a high-end slobber knocker. Okay. I didn't, I didn't get no showstopper feel from it. I no. Mean, it's, it's it's always entertaining these days to see um, a Brock Lesnar match last more than seven minutes. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that, that helped me there. Right. Prep? Yeah, I'll give it just straight away a slobber knocker. I thought it was really good. Nothing blow away, but everything was over, so mm-hmm. it was a good slobber knocker. Yeah. Alo. I've been debating for the last three days. <laughs> I, same thing with Great Balls of Fire. I've been going back and forth. Yeah. Because I didn't, it's like, I want to give it this and I want to give it that. And it's like, you know what? I'll, but I'll agree with Joe. I'll give it a high slobber knocker. When you picked the show, I was ecstatic because I do mm-hmm. love this show. It's a, lot of, it's a lot of fun. Did anybody peep the, the, the China cosplay guy in the front row? I did oh, yeah. not notice. I saw him. Oh, I, I'll have to play my I saw videos. him. <laughs> Michael Cole was tolerable back then. Uh-huh. Taz was bad, but it was good at the same time. <laughs> yeah. We've come a long way from, you could tell every title meant something on this show. Yeah. And I was, yeah, it's a, it's, it was a lot of fun, so I was keeping it a high in Slobberknocker. I guess I'll just go Slobberknocker. I kind of wanted to give it a showstopper, but... I'm very big on moments, and there was no unbelievable moment on yeah. this show. Yeah, it was it was like a lot of fun, but yeah. nothing. Yeah, very fun show. I enjoyed yeah. good it. Good car, good matches, nothing that really just like, wow. Yeah, like Prep said, everything was over. We, we could talk till we're blue in the face about how the roster now has so much more talent 
than ever before. But there are so few guys who matter. And everybody on this show mattered to a certain degree. Like, true. There, was there anybody on this show that like was meaningless? No. No, that's that's a credit to what they were doing back then and a discredit to what they're doing now. Uh, but I guess we'll just jump into it now. Uh, show split in half. Some of the show was SmackDown. Some of the show was Raw. Uh, the Dudleys had, well, not the Dudleys. Spike. But Bubba and Spike. The Runt. Yes. Against Eddie and Chris Benoit in a tables elimination match, which I actually enjoyed. Yeah. I, I liked that it. it was I elimination. I thoroughly enjoyed yeah. Uh, yeah, two guys. I mean, one guy who I still have a very difficult time watching. I bring it up every time he's on a show. Just kind of makes me uncomfortable every time Spike? I have to watch him. Yeah, Spike. <laughs> I figured. It's because he's a teacher or a yeah. firefighter, whatever he is. Yeah. He's a teacher. <laughs> took, took a beating like we expect from he him. He always takes a beating. It's always yeah. painful. Like, even in the, I mean, I don't want to get too, too much into it. Even when he did his move and put Eddie through the table, he took the brunt of it. Oh, yeah. He definitely did get the worst end of, of going through the table. I was almost like, I feel like it should have been yeah, I feel Spike like, yeah. that table. Maybe he should have been eliminated first. Well, don't worry. He got the, he got it good. He did. Oh, he, got yeah. it, he got it real good. Yeah, that was a crazy elimination. There was part of me that was like, I kind of hope this is the really awful bump he took. Yeah, I thought about you when I saw that. I'm like, is this it? But you can't tell because it's always a bad bump. It's yeah, I thought it might be that one, but obviously it was not. Uh, Bubba Ray basically wins the match almost by himself. I was happy to see that. Prep, what were your thoughts on this match? I thought Bubba Ray was great. Um, when you think about Bubba Ray being good, besides like TLC matches, you think a lot to his TNA run as Bully Ray mm-hmm. and the great character work he did. But I think he worked really well in the ring in this match, and he kept up with he who should remain unnamed and Eddie Guerrero. <laughs> <laughs> Two of the best workers of that generation. Oh, yeah. The match was a lot of fun. Joey, I know you said you liked it. Yeah, I liked it. I mean, you have uh, Toothless Aggression and uh, <laughs> Latino Heat teaming up, and it was it was fun from that standpoint. I mean, Spike, he's in there to take bumps. He took some bumps. Um, there were some good moments in there when like Spike saved Bubba Ray from going to the tables, and yeah. when Bubba Ray tackled Spike to keep him from the tables. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you said, the elimination factor of it, not just the traditional tables match, the elimination factor made it very, very, very anything to watch. It did, and I, I, I think I really like and appreciate, especially now, just how the table is just synonymous with the Dudleys. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's just like their thing. It's a table in a match is synonymous with the Dudleys. I think that's awesome when you could get like one thing that just like associated solely with you. Uh, Alo, your thoughts on this? A lot of Eddie hatred yes. at this time in the crowd. Eli <laughs> <laughs> Cheatsy Steals. Uh-huh. Yeah, because this is the, the jacked Eddie Guerrero, yeah. by the way. But this is like one of my top five favorite table matches mm-hmm. because it was rough. Like we talked about Spike getting that, the Dudley dog, and then him with the what was a powerbomb. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Walked through him on the top rope of the table. <laughs> I thought it was interesting. Great. But I really, I really did enjoy this match. It was a lot of fun and a really fun opener. Yeah, great kickoff to the show. Yeah, get you in. Yeah, we move to Angle. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Jamie, no, no, Bischoff. We'll get to Angle. Yeah, Bischoff. <laughs> Bischoff with Coach. Basically, Bischoff spent his whole night trying to get Triple H to join Raw. Uh, Triple H is negotiating with Stephanie. Obviously, I, I'd assume most people think dun, she's dun, got the, the upper hand a little bit. Um it seems like Stephanie, in the long run, ended up with Triple H more so than Eric Bischoff did. <laughs> Hindsight being twenty twenty, um, 
Jamie Noble with Nydia against Billy Kidman for the crew, the old school cruiserweight title. Yeah, boy. <laughs> we talked about guilty pleasures before. Jamie Noble and Nydia was probably one of my guilty ple- pleasures. I mean, yeah, that was a guilty pleasure. It was a guilty they pleasure. Were yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I thought they were great. They together. were great. <laughs> yeah, they they were enjoyable. Him using her as a weapon, basically, <laughs> a weapon and a shield, both. Um, His character was just entertaining. Yeah, I, I do kind of miss J&J security still. <laughs> you need it back? I, I wouldn't hate it because they were a big part of Seth being so much fun for all that time. That is very true. And I've been seeing their action figures pop up again, the battle pack, and really been thinking, <laughs> X should be happy, I've really been thinking about grabbing that. <laughs> yeah, but Jamie Noble and Kidman obviously always fun to watch. Yeah, he's always great in-ring performer. But jarring to see him out of the wife beater in the jean shorts. Yeah, I didn't like that. Him in, like, <laughs> short tights. I didn't... Yeah, I was like, huh, I don't really remember this. And really? I'm kind of glad I... No, I probably blocked it out. Because after... W, well, after... Um, probably a, few, a month after WCW invaded WWE, he changed his um, tire to that. And, but my thing was, what was his music? Yeah, that was pretty bad. <laughs> that was so bad. Great question. <laughs> I don't know what it was. But, yeah, I think I just always associated him with, the, with that look. And just forgot that he ever had another one. Uh, worked over his shoulder, missed the shooting star press. Uh, Jamie Noble wins with the double underhook power bomb, retaining the title. What did you guys think of this match, Halo? Well, Jamie Noble and Nidia, they were what Heath Slater should have been. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. that was their thing, their entire run. Like, And it made the Cruiserweight title feel important because... They were basically trail apart trash, and then mm-hmm. the, the moment he won the title the, the month prior to came in the ring for the hurricane, they actually show like new things he would get. Like he got a new trailer, <laughs> <laughs> and he bought Nidia all this kind of all this kind of stuff. And the minute they lost the title, they would act like they were bankrupt, <laughs> and then he got an inheritance from his from his dead aunt. It was so it was so great, and they actually camera how much that title yeah. meant to their lifestyle. That is actually a great point. Was there any spray cheese involved? No. (laughs) Spray cheese is a must-have. Yeah, I feel like Rhino really brought spray. I hadn't seen spray cheese in years. He brought it back to the market? Before then. I was like, I forgot that exists. Who came up with that gimmick? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Initially, I loved it. Do you you not like it, Prep? I just think it's odd. Like, here, Rhino, we're going to give you a plate of crackers and a thing of spray cheese. My guess is he probably came up with it. He was probably backstage down on a can of spray cheese, and I was like, brilliant. I think they had set up that segment where they were going to be in the trailer, and he probably was like, oh, I could do this in this trailer. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I I enjoyed the match, though. Not a very long match, but it was fun. I I don't remember a whole lot of Jamie Noble from this time, but I do enjoy it when when I get to see him. It was fun. Yeah, he was good. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, Angle backstage, uh, very upset when he was asked, you know, what will happen if you win. What do you mean if? <laughs> that there's, there's no, I don't deal in ifs, I deal in whens. And uh, Heyman with Lesnar come up. They start talking about them possibly facing off in summer at SummerSlam. Was that supposed to be the first time they met? What? Because it seemed like it's Lesnar yeah. and Angle. Because yeah. mm-hmm. Angle's a SmackDown guy, Rock was a Raw guy. Like, how cool is that? Like, that moment of those two. Obviously, they did a lot of good stuff together. Finally meeting. meeting. Yeah, for the first time, the two actual 
like legendary wrestlers, won an Olympian, won a two-time national champion. Heyman, obviously, always great. Yeah, he builds up. Always interesting to see Brock actually talk, <clears throat> because that doesn't happen often anymore. It's actually good to see Brock on a show, which doesn't really Yeah, good to see him on an actual show. And then, of course, the best part of the whole thing, <laughs> Angle... Boy, he's full of himself. I hate pompous people. <laughs> so great because nobody, nobody more pompous than Kurt Angle. Always gold. Everything he does. I'm so glad that he's back around because he's still so much fun to watch. He's got a big secret to reveal. Yeah, we will find that out next week. Apparently. Dun, dun, dun. Or tonight. I guess when, when this show airs, we'll find we'll find out tonight. It'll be tonight. <laughs> We're just hours from finding out. Um, William Regal versus Jeff Hardy for the European Championship. William Regal fresh off crying over losing it two weeks <laughs> so before. Good. So good. Like him just like he's the most one of the most underrated entertainers because him just walking to the ring, I could not stop laughing. So I was just gonna add, present that to you guys. Like I know he's kind of beloved now, but do you think he was appreciated anywhere near what he should have been when he was active? Nah. I, I think he was. I think to an extent. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's give or take. He but always yeah, had a role. I, I can agree with maybe to an extent, but I mean... At this time, at this time, yeah, because in this era, like, between 2000, from this time into 2007, and when he faded out for a while, back later in the 2000s, he was, like, underappreciated. Because I remember one year, he had, they made him king of the ring, he beat CM Punk. Mm-hmm. But at that point, it was, like, so... he His time had had passed so long ago they were like what are you doing with this guy now how long has he been here what, what has he done yeah recently yeah I I nice love him stink face he wears yeah, the, yeah his faces his expressions he talks a lot about how how much he put being entertaining into what he did he references like Monty Python and things like that as the things he put into his character and I think it always showed I've talked about this numerous times. The man's man character, which I remember that so vividly. And to me, I felt like I watched it for a year. And he said he did it for four weeks. And then he was out of WWE for a year. I was like, how is that only a month? (laughs) But I feel like I watched it for so long. And it stayed with me all this time. And a lot of people. I know I'm not the only one. But that's a credit to how good he actually was. I mean, he's even great now. Someone's got a man crush. (laughs) <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. A little bit actually, I brought this up to Alo last week off the air. I noticed he had the brass knuckles on like the little velvet setting <laughs> on his desk. That's funny. At yeah. NXT. Has he had that for a while? Or Because I feel like Russ and Derek just noticed it too. They mentioned it on Falls Count Anywhere last week. He might have had it. He always had time, brass knuckles. But it was wrestled. just something that, oh, we just saw it. Yeah, so I, I figured. I just hadn't been watching NXT enough, which I haven't. I watched last week's episode, and I was like, oh my god, there's a Brass Knuckles just like on display. That's great. And then when I listened to Falls Count Anywhere, they mentioned, I was like, oh, maybe he hasn't had it before. So I don't really know. But uh, You have to roll back some tape. Yeah, quick match. But, Prep, what did you think of Regal versus Jeff Hardy? It's crazy that this is like how they talk up Jeff Hardy to being such a star. Like, oh, he's... This guy is going to be great. And he was just like the European champion. Mm-hmm. Like, they really were, like, building to make him a world champion at one point. Yeah. Or at one, you know, 
in the near future. Mm-hmm. So I I liked watching that in retrospect, knowing that he did get to win multiple world championships, that he's beloved still in the universe, and you know now he's reinvigorated now that he's back. Yeah, Joseph. Ah, it was an okay match. It felt like more like a like a TV show match for me, pay per view wise. It was more of a segment than a I match. I mean, it was just short match. Um, Jeff Hardy singles. It was okay. Just okay? Just okay. It didn't really, <laughs> it didn't really move the needle. <laughs> Halo? I'll give it a half acto cooler. <laughs> the match was fine. I, I just love Regal in control, and he was confident he was going to mm-hmm. regain his European title. And I got a com- confession to make. Mm-hmm. A young 11 year old baby Halo. Uh huh. Was not happy that Jeff won the European title. <laughs> because at that time, that was the only thing Matt had up on him. Yeah. That he never won the European title. Yeah. <laughs> then they put the title on Jeff, because you know, I'm a Matt defender. Mm-hmm. And they put the European You're title. You're a Matt Hardy truther. <laughs> yeah, yes. I'm a true MF. <laughs> so they put the title on Jeff. I'm like, okay, I can't, I can't defend this guy now. Yeah. I can't defend this guy now. So were you, were you, were you tearing up like uh, Regal has been around this time frame? Were you tearing up when, when Jeff Hardy won the title as well? I wasn't as sensitive. No, you weren't. No? no? You grew into the sensitivity? Yes. <laughs> you, were, you were a manly 11-year-old. Yeah. And this would be the final time the European title was defended because I believe the next time on Raw, the title's got unified against against RB, RBD. Really? Yeah. I didn't realize that. Um, I like the contrast of styles. It's cool to see how much energy was in that building when Jeff Hardy came out back then. Like, the crowd ate it up when he used to come out. That music would hit and people would go nuts, um, and he had so much energy. Like I think I forgot that because I was always the Hardys, and I've told you guys this before. I was never the biggest Hardys guy. I was like, yeah, they're cool, they're fun to watch, but I was never invested in them. Never bought in. No, I, like I liked them. I thought they were fun to watch, but I always preferred Edge and Christian, and I always preferred the Dudleys, and they were kind of the third, the third rung. Odd for man me. out, if you will. So watching this, I'm like, you know what? I did not. Every time I see something old, I'm like, I didn't appreciate these guys as much as I should have when they were young. Um, Jeff wins with a roll-up. Regal cries again. <laughs> and, yeah, but Michael Cole starts joking around about it. I love that Taz comes to his defense. Like, this is sad. Don't make fun of me crying. <laughs> it, it was a good, good for a four-minute match. We get Flair backstage with Jeff Hardy. Looking healthy. Looking healthy. Yeah, it was weird to see him yeah. like that because we're used to the drunk Flair. You yeah. say young Ric Flair, which is kind of an oxymoron. Yeah, how old? How old? He was old his whole career. He was 50 at this point, I believe, but now it's just like he's losing his hair mm-hmm. and all the wrinkles. It's like, gosh. He felt old back then, though. Yeah. Me. I was like, God, he's so old. And yeah. it's like, man, he really yeah. wasn't that old. No, no. No, Hogan congratulates Jeff. Um, I liked Flair and Hogan talking about Bischoff. Yeah, I did too. I thought that was awesome. I enjoyed this segment. I liked them saying that Bischoff and Stephanie were going to overshadow young talent. <laughs> um, and I liked Hogan's comment of uh, Bischoff will run, will either own the place or will run it out of business, <laughs> which he obviously did at WCW. Um Jericho versus Cena <laughs> in the pay-per-view debut. Big match, John. Made his pay-per-view debut. Big match, John. A six-minute match. He gets the win over Jericho. So, talk about not not used to weird outfits. They booked Cena way too strong in this match. <laughs> 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 no, when, when I, when I saw this, I just I just thought of you. I just too 
He was just a baby Do shovel at this point. <laughs> uh, yeah, because I honestly didn't remember if he won or not. I kind of assumed he didn't. So when he won, I was like, I am so happy. <laughs> and just right out of the gate, it's like, yup, they booked him so strong, Super sure. Cena. He beat Jericho. Like, yeah, he was he was new. Jericho put him over. Terrible ring attire. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Talk about getting used to ring attire from Kidman to Cena I know. and this. Well, it was basically, yeah, the same ring attire, really. They had the same yeah, just, shorts just on, Just a brighter red shorts. Oh, and those awful boots. Yeah. He really grew into himself His music years. was better than Kidman's. Yeah, his music was yeah. better, but it wasn't. It's not what I'm used to. I'm used to that little, uh, that little. Jericho's tantrum after yeah. that. Yeah, he, has, he had a hissy fit. He lost. Yeah, Cena running out shocked. Oh. I always like that for like the young upstart. But does anybody else think Cena didn't even really look that much younger than he looks now? No, no, no. I look the same. Like I feel like he hasn't aged. He looks a little more swollen these days, but. Yeah, but like, I was like, I felt like he was gonna look a lot younger. He just has a little bit longer hair. That's mm-hmm. really it, and and the ring gear. But did, did did any of you think when you saw Cena at this point, like, this guy is going to be something? Not at this point, because he was still, he was only a month in. Not where he's at now, no. Wouldn't imagine that. At what point did did you guys think that, oh, this guy's a star? Well, after he got through his uh, rap stage. <laughs> well, I knew he was a star after Vengeance 03 when he fought The Undertaker. So a year later? Yeah. Prep? Same thing, or I think it was when it was much later into his career when I was like, okay, this dude's the real deal. Yeah, like he was a big part of why I stopped watching. Really? I, I hated the the whole rapper thing. I I was like, I hate this guy. I love that in retrospect. He's so corny. You didn't like the Doctor Thugonomics? I didn't, but th- this gets back to an article I wrote for TJR sometime last year. Actually, this was about The Miz, I think. It might have been about The Miz and Cena, but part of why I stopped watching was because I almost had, like, old man syndrome at, like, 26, where I was like, oh, none of these new guys are going to be as good as HBK or Austin. Like, I was already, like, giving up. Like, nope, I've already seen the best. These guys suck. I can't get into this anymore. And that's ultimately what led to me, led me to stop watching. Then when I came back, I started to realize, like, oh, wait a minute. Like, wrestling is all year round. There's a show every Monday night. There's no off-season. There's no rerun. It's live every week. It never stops. New guys come along all the time. Why would I just sit here and be like, oh, no, it was good before. It's not good anymore. And why don't I just evolve with it? So I finally gave it a chance, and that's how I came to appreciate Cena. Like, this guy's been around for a long time. Has been great for a long time. Has gotten a bad rap from a lot of fans. He can wrestle much better than most people say he can. For sure. Uh, yeah. I think, and I think what really set me off about Cena, I think this is when I started going on tirades about Cena was Alo after SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, who would have thought John Cena would have been at the match of the night? <clears throat> like, yeah, every pay per view match he has is arguably the match of the night. Mm-hmm. Every U.S. Open match he had on Raw was the match of the night. Weren't they saying that uh, this past Monday night as well? Yeah, that's kind of what they this were. It's probably to. be the match of the night, the match yeah. of the year right here. So Cena, yeah, I I hated him. I've grown to respect him. I thought it was fun watching this in retrospect, and couldn't have been happier that he won. Well, th- with that Undertaker feud, he was cutting the great, pro- really good mm-hmm. promo. I-, I think he peed on a tombstone, <laughs> and I was like, 
I love this guy. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's got moxie. Because earlier in the year, because he would face Lesnar for the title at Backlash earlier in the year mm-hmm. in April. And I was like, this guy? Yeah. All right? <laughs> Lesnar, there was a squash for him, but this, this guy? Really? But after that Undertaker feud he had in July of 03, I was like, this is the guy. I could have sworn he pissed on his piss on grave. Yeah, well, this was the start of Super Cena. Booked like Superman right out of the gate. Gets the win, buried Jericho. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't shoveling yet. No, he was. His star, he pulled out the shovel that night. Six minute John. Yeah. <laughs> Six minute John. Yeah, pulled out the shovel, buried Jericho in his first pay per view match, and had been burying guys ever since. <laughs> Has never stopped. Hasn't lost a match since. What a Hasn't put anybody over. And he can't wrestle. Uh, Bischoff waiting outside Steph's door very anxiously. Steph's attorney shows up with legal documents, which Bischoff is very upset about. He wants to know. I hate Eric Bischoff. <laughs> Hated him then. Hate him now. Join the club. Yeah. What awful hair. Fan. Huh? What awful Terrible. hair. Terrible. That dyed black hair. Did any of you guys like Eric Bischoff ever? My first real dose of him was in WWE. Like just seeing him on think? TV makes my he blood curdle. He didn't bother curl. me. But you weren't like, oh, I like this guy. No. Or this he, guy's important. He was, he was just there. Joey? No, he, I just something about me always made me want to punch the TV when he came <laughs> on. I just wanted to punch the TV. <laughs> Prep? No, nah, I didn't like him. I know you were more of a WCW guy than me. But I didn't like that he used to spoil Raw. <laughs> <laughs> so that was like heat as like a shoot that you like legitimately had heat towards him. I changed the channel at eight years old. Really? Oh yeah. <laughs> he said ruin Raw for me. <laughs> yeah, well he did and then he ruined Nitro for himself. And thinks he's way smarter than he actually is. So yeah, he got lucky. I hate that he tweeted the other day on the anniversary of NW We changed the business. It's like, no. You had some stars on your side that Ted Turner paid for that changed the business. You didn't come up with that storyline. You got it from somewhere else. You just happened to be a part of it. Did he get it from Japan? Yeah. yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, so I, I don't give Eric Bischoff any credit for that. I just blame him for ruining the whole thing. Except Not- when I got in WCW, like full time, it was the bad. <laughs> like, I rewatched. And um, not the good kind of bad. Yeah. I wa- I rewatched what was it? Um, Bash at the Beach 2000 mm-hmm. with the Vince Russo shoot. Ooh, this Hogan and Double J. Yes. Yeah, it was messy. The San Francisco Giants jersey. That show <laughs> is so bad, but yeah. it's so good. It's like a train wreck. You got to keep watching. You got to keep it just seeing worth, how to it end. It is so bad. Yeah, it was. I never really watched WCW. I'd watch occasionally for wrestlers that I heard, you know, I keep an eye on this guy or matches that I thought would be like, oh, be cool, but I didn't, I couldn't get into it. And then, like, on the dock, it's like there's so many dots <laughs> on the W, on, you mm-hmm. know, we could fast forward. There's so many dots on the dock. Yeah. It was so many matches. It was so bad. Like, if I had July, I would have picked it. <laughs> just to, just for comedic, off? Pu- no, for comedic <laughs> okay. purposes. You know, I like Vince Russo. Yeah. So. Well, especially. When contrasted to Eric Bischoff. Like, when Eric Bischoff starts talking about Vince Russo, I am immediately in Vince Russo's corner. <laughs> I cannot stand Eric Bischoff. Uh, JR and King come down to take over for Cole and Taz at this point in the show. Intercontinental Championship match Brock Lesnar against the defending champion Rob Van Dam. 
I love the the theme of this story that like Heyman I created RVD the RVD yeah and basically like now Brock is going to destroy you another match that was a clash of styles uh, Prep what are your thoughts on Brock versus RVD what a beast <laughs> yes like, Brock I always thought Brock worked really dangerous, but when you go back to the beginning of his career, good lord, he was killing RVD. Mm-hmm. At one point, he like threw him over the ropes, and I saw RVD like hit the steps. And yeah. I was like, that had to hurt. Yeah, I was cringing. Well, you guys, anybody who's watched wrestling with me knows I'm cringing <laughs> at least 25% of the time I'm watching the show, and I definitely cringed as he went over the ropes. I was like, oh, that is not going to land well. Yeah, what did he do? I'm trying to remember what exactly he did there. It wasn't like a backdrop. I don't remember what he did. Or did he just toss him over? He the just road? like tossed. Him. I think spot. he just threw him. He and just ragdolled him. I did like he definitely hit the stairs on the way down. Did not look good. Yeah, uh, he power slammed him directly onto the floor, and they cut to a close up of Heyman's face just <laughs> laughing, which was perfect. awesome. Uh, yeah, Heyman. One of the best things I could say about him is he's always acting whether the camera's near him or not he's, yeah, he's always yeah he's always doing what engaged what's in there do. exactly i love that about him and that's one of the things i love about xavier woods today is that he's outside that ring during a tag match and he's always doing something he's always so if the camera's on him it never catches him not being <laughs> who xavier woods is uh yeah i really enjoyed this match 10 minutes i think it might have been the longest match on the show at this point Oh no! The tag match to kick it off was about fifteen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Alo, like you said, Mike Prep said that Brock was unreal. Mm-hmm. It made no like. Imagine if he was portrayed that way today, and he was the same the size that he is now. Because mm-hmm. the stuff he did made no sense. It was ridiculous. He was <laughs> a beast. And at this point, nobody like really beat Brock Lesnar. So when RVD kind of took it to him at the latter portion of the match, I love. Is this is a lost art? And this is what Michael is horrible. Mm-hmm. The fact that Jr. when already hits the frog splash, like yes, 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 and then it gets two, and then Heyman pulls him out, and Jr. gets so pissed. Yeah, it sells that he he's about to beat this guy, but he came just short because of somebody else. Mm-hmm. And then, but Lesnar had nothing to lose because he was in the main event next month at SummerSlam, and they got talking about that on commentary too. Yeah, he was already booked to, for a, a undisputed title shot. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed the match, Joey. Yeah, I thought it was a good match. This is kind of what I would like to see now from Lesnar is this, this match. I mean, he's still a beast. He's still going to throw people around. But he's also putting the other guy over um, in a quality match. I mean, like you said, RVD kind of started taking to him for a while. And you almost believe that RVD was going to win this match and walk away. Um, Paul, If it wasn't for Paul Heyman, he could have. Um, ultimately, Lesnar ends up winning. Um but overall, it was a good match. Yeah, I like JR afterwards when they showed the replay, saying, like, would he have defeated him? We'll never know. Like, did that was, yeah, you're right. It was still bothering him at that point after the match was over that, like, I think he might have beat him, but we'll never know. Uh, obviously, Brock was immediately headed to bigger, better things, but this is one of the reasons why I picked this show is because I've grown so sour on Lesnar and, like, when I started watching again in a little bit in 2013 and then, like, really jumped in in 2014, like, Brock was a big part of what I was invested in. Because it was like, this guy, like, came back after leaving for UFC. He's a huge draw. 
Then he was the champion, and I was like, <clears throat> I love this guy. And then it was like, okay, every time I see him, he does the same thing. It's like 100 German suplexes. It, it, there, there's not a whole it's hell of a lot he really does. Quick. Yeah, like to me, it got to the point where the only thing I liked about Brock coming back was that I got more Heyman. That was really it. So I was like, I want to go back to the beginning when he was like this young phenom <clears throat> and lived up to what I hoped it would. Yeah, he was great. This uh, this match was awesome. RVD, another one who... Is he almost underrated? I would say borderline underrated. Again, he's a guy that I know people love, but like you don't hear him on many people's Mount Rushmore. He will be on Rushmore. He's not really talked about outside of like solid matches. I mean, he had some runs with titles, but you don't really bring him up a lot. I don't know. Does anybody else think he's underrated? It's hard to say because I have a respect for RVD. I think he's rated just right, and, and that's that's just my opinion. But you don't really hear much about RVD. Brett. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> a lot of those guys from ECW don't get their due. It's because they were on the smaller. It's like this cult following, like that we look at, like oh, ECW is awesome, but really and truly. WWE, you know, F at the time is really, and he was, he was never huge in WWF, you know. He won the title later in his career, but yeah, that was forgettable. I mean, yeah, they, they took the title yeah. from him because he got suspended, so that yeah. was forgettable too. I mean, he didn't have great mic skills, so that's probably someone on him. But well, he could he talk. They just never gave him a mic. He always <laughs> sounded like he was high though when he was talking. Oh, that, that's the RV which he probably was. <laughs> RBD 420. I met him once one time in um when oh. I was living out in California and he was kind of a dick. Really? Yeah. Hmm. And he was wearing like cut off Daisy Dukes and a shirt. Uh, on, dude. I, I, I remember this. I didn't remember this story until you mentioned this. I was trying to talk to him, he's like, dude, yeah, whatever. I was like, Alright, thanks. Bro. Was he wearing a fanny pack? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Figured. Figured as much. Uh Bischoff and Steph backstage. Uh mm-hmm. Stephanie comes out of the room disappointed. Bischoff is kind of uh, laughing that he didn't sign. And she says, no, he signed. And Bischoff was angry, and then Steph reveals that it was their divorce papers. And now he is... Oh, Triple H revealed it? Yeah, because he's yelling at him, getting into him, and he's like, there were divorce papers. Oh, yeah, she said that they were signed, and he said they were divorce papers. He hasn't made up his mind yet. Now Eric Bischoff is... Couldn't be happier. (laughs) Backpedaling. That they're now getting a divorce and that he hasn't signed with SmackDown. Big show against Booker T in an ODQ. This has to be about the shortest no DQ match I've ever seen. I've never seen a 500 pound man get squashed like that. Me neither. <laughs> it's funny, like you, we always talk about how good the big show was back in the day. I think the thing that makes me almost sad to watch him now is how bad of shape his legs are in. Like, they just look, like, kind of wasted away. They're kind of, like, bent in at the knee. His legs were monstrous at this time. Like, you could tell how much easier it was for him to carry that weight on his legs. Was this where he was, like, starting to, like, gain weight to where he became, like, oh, I'm a giant. Like, I'm going to be tall and fat. Mm -hmm. Like, (laughs) (laughs) You think I'm just tall, but I'm going to be fat, too. Big boned is the proper number. Yeah, because I don't... I think this is the last time you saw him until November, around Survivor Series time of this year. Because I don't remember seeing him in another show. So was he like Sean Kemp 
back in the lockout days. Yes, Sean Clung. <laughs> Sean Clung, <laughs> when he was like a chiseled 240 uh-huh. when the lockout started, and he was like 310 yes, when um, the lockout ended. <laughs> oh, God. That's a sad one. Dad order new uniforms when he got did, back. Did he, doesn't he like a manager of a Starbucks now or something? Like he that? might be. I don't know. To me, the big thing about Sean Kemp is he had like 100 kids. It was either him or Vin Baker, but they were in the same category. Vin Baker, yeah, he plumped up too. Yeah, he got he got fat too. Uh, Yeah, Booker T basically crushed the Big Show. It was fun. It was the scissor kick through the through the table. I thought was a good. They had some good spots. Yeah, they kind of made it entertaining to watch. The Hangover. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Booker. not a whole lot, I guess, to talk about with this match. It was very quick, but well, enjoyable. I was, yeah, I was shocked they didn't refer back to the whole NWO stuff because this was going on for months because mm-hmm. remember Booker T joined the NWO and nobody really wanted him there. Yeah. But they didn't really mention that. They just threw it back to the last Monday Night Raw. <laughs> so well, the, like, well, the NWO didn't exist anymore, so. Yeah. I, I couldn't help but like, laugh watching this with Booker T because I was just watching the uh, cut and I didn't realize when New Day was doing a promo. Recently, and they were um, kind of mimicking an old Booker mm-hmm. T promo. And he dropped. <laughs> he, got upset. he dropped a bad word. Yeah. Yeah, he was upset about that. Yeah. Well, I kind of don't blame him. I, 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 uh, I would have thought that he would just look at it as something like, "Yeah, I was." You slept. You know, cool. I was. But I get why he was upset. You know, he's like, oh, "It's 2017." <laughs> yeah, but, but they Stevie never said, said it. So I heard a, a interview with Stevie Ray where he's like, "Well." Wasn't the first time he said it wasn't the last. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like not too big of a deal, but so yeah. In some points, you don't got to take yourself too serious. You got to be able to be the butt of a joke sometimes. Yeah, at this he, point, but, although years later, you, you you let it go. But he holds that to like regard as like one of the most embarrassing moments of his life. I yeah, think. that that's why I understand yeah. why he doesn't like it. And you can never say that Booker is unable to be the butt of a joke. After that supermarket segment he did with Stone Cold Steve Austin. Because I don't know that I've ever seen anyone look more foolish in a more hilarious way than Booker T in that segment. I just watched that a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Every once in a while it comes up. Oh, God. So, did you, um, when he had a date with the girl and then gold dust, (laughs) yeah, Booker T. He's had some moments. Yes. He has. I, I, I really love that guy. Um, Tori Wilson and Dawn Marie at World, Times Square, New York. So was this after it was... They changed the name to the World. It was still WWE. If only they had thought ahead and named it the Universe. <laughs> it might still be around. And they were arguing with each other about something I don't even really oh, remember. Oh, the Golden Thong Award. Because okay. they had one of those... Um, they had a lingerie competition mm-hmm. a few weeks back. And Tori Wilson won the Golden Thong Award. How would uh, Fink... Have announced her as the Golden Thong Award winner. Because <clears throat> <laughs> Fink didn't work SmackDown, so it's kind of hard. So let me see. The winner of the Golden Thong Award, <laughs> Tori <laughs> That was very good for being put completely on the spot. No, because he didn't, he didn't Tori Wilson, Harley Russell. So it's kind of hard. It's kind of hard. We'll compare it. Every time I write the word intercontinental in my notes, I think of you saying intercontinental championship. 
Can you hit me with one of those? Put another card on top? Yeah. And still, Intercontinental Champion! <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> That's pretty good. Well, me and Russ, me and Russ D, gotta, we, we might have to have a... A fink-off? Fink-off? <laughs> no, a Stone Cold-off. Oh, okay. Power of Frost card anyway. Okay. Oh, wait, can you hit me, the, hit me with the Stone Cold line from the last oh. throwback? <laughs> God damn it, Stone Cold Steve Austin World was first champion. <laughs> yeah, I haven't had you do a fink in a while, so I've, I've been like waiting to ask you. I keep forgetting, so I'm glad I got you to do a couple tonight. Uh, Triple H, your boy comes out. Obviously, the hottest free agent in the business um, comes out to cut a promo. Bischoff comes out trying to sell him on Raw. Stephanie trying to sell him on SmackDown. They're basically fighting over Triple H. Ayla, what did you think of this segment? Well, first of all, when Bischoff talked about he had Triple H's sneaker deal, I- I'm very disappointed that never happened. Yeah. Because the Triple H brand is better than the Big Ball brand. <laughs> but um, this is what this is what it was. It was it was whatever. I like the fact that Triple H threw jabs at Stephanie because they just got divorced mm-hmm. recently, saying if I say screw you, I know you'll like it. Yeah. <laughs> And Bischoff just pandering the Triple H. Yeah. Okay, shut up. He got. He was really annoying here. Mm-hmm. And then Shawn Michaels comes out and makes it fun. And throws well, Triple H had made his decision at this point. Yeah, and he, he was said, gonna "I go... want to go with the devil I know instead of the devil I don't." And then Michaels comes yeah. out. He was kind of kind of going with Stephanie at this point until and then you hear that music. Mm-hmm. And then HBK starts pitching him on like, "Hey, you can come and have fun with me again on the show that we pioneered." Where did you want him to go at this time? And we'll make this guy's life a living well, hell. Well, Eric actually texted me about this a few weeks back about was Triple H a free agent. I'm like, no. What happened was a few weeks prior, they said, Vince said, you could ju- jump to the other side, the grass is greener. But he said that to everybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So so this, this is what I was talking about what they should do. They should have did with Raw and SmackDown this mm-hmm. time go around because it was so like weird and people weren't doing much. So, tr- tri- so what happened was when drafts first started, the world champion and women's champion, they were on both shows automatically. And the show, the champion, so Triple H wasn't drafted. Mm-hmm. So he dropped the title to to, um, to Hogan. And Hogan was a SmackDown guy. So that meant Triple H went to SmackDown. Yeah. And after after that, he Triple H also took a King of the Ring. And then the NWO at King of the Ring 2002, they were recruiting Triple H, saying, oh, bring, him to, bring him home to Raw. And then... That Monday Night Raw, but you know, a few months prior, Scott Hall got fired from the plane incident, and then on that Monday Night Raw, Kevin Nash got hurt, and then, as Michael says, Vince decided the NWO no longer exists because mm-hmm. you can't have an NWO without Nash. Yeah, and you already got Hall gone, so that just left you with Mike, Michaels, X Pac, and Big Show. And X Pac was nowhere to be found after this mm-hmm. thing anyway. I figure I think it'll worry about us. Yeah, so like <laughs> I wanted him with Michaels because it'll bring me DX as the crowd was chanting DX mm-hmm. the entire time. So when he says, sorry, Steph, little 11-year-old Alo is marking out. Crotch chopping all over the place. Yes. I, I love the, the inaugural pose. <laughs> Michael's pose with the game pose. I always yeah. love it. And when I tell you, I was broken the next night. <laughs> it was like one of the saddest, heartbreaking moments. It was life. not wonderful. It, it was not. I was so hurt. I was like, why'd you do that? Like, but it was so good. They built it up because I know I remember they came out in the opening of the show, and then later in the night, Michaels like came backstage in the locker room, and he threw Triple H a bag. Yeah. And he looked in the bag, and he's like kind of smiled. Then they came out his DX, and they, but they were doing their whole shtick, and then he's like, "Oh, is he racist?" And mm-hmm. Triple H pedigrees him. Yeah. I was so hurt. 
good. Yeah, that was awesome. So good. And that story paid off for a while yeah. afterwards. Yeah, paid some dividends mm-hmm. for a few for um, about four years. They went back back and forth to each other. Yeah, I. Uh, I mean, that led to Sean coming back. That led to that unbelievable, unsanctioned match. That uh, at SummerSlam. 2002. <laughs> 2002. <laughs> the next month. Um, when? The next month. Yes. <laughs> uh, we cut to Rikishi backstage saying he's disappointed that Triple H is going to Raw. Booking Goldie in the locker room. There's that ass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Terry Reynolds interviewing them. I always which is love, pretty funny. No, I always love when Gold does so with Terry Reynolds, he got so uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah, oh, absolutely. <laughs> um, basically, they were both right ready to, to try to take out Triple H on Raw. Um, next match, we had the Un-Americans, Lance Storm and Christian, against Edge and Hogan for the tag team titles. My best friend's favorite tag team. Yeah. Prep, how do you feel about this match? And these teams. The teams were so... Uh, it was odd to see Edge and Christian on opposite sides. Mm-hmm. They were still brothers at this yeah. point. <laughs> but just like Jeff Hardy, how they were like pumping him up, like, oh, this guy's going to be so great. The same with Edge. Mm-hmm. Like, they really pushed hard on Edge. Like, Edge got... Well, I mean, he was with Hogan. Of course he got yeah. the majority of the offense. <laughs> but they just made him sound like a million bucks. And Lance Storm... Like every time I see he didn't he didn't do too much in this match, but every time I see him I like him even more. Yeah. Like he was he was underrated for sure. Definitely. Nobody was more interesting without any charisma. Yeah, being, without <laughs> he, being, had, he had charisma. He had interesting. Exactly. He was supposed to be the guy that had no charisma, but it was so great. He was tagging with Captain Charisma. Yeah. How did you feel about about the I know you're the biggest Hogan guy here, I think. Well, yeah. For sure. I mean, I, I was a fan of the Un-Americans, too. I mean, the anti-Americans back at this point, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was entertaining TV. And then you have um, Edge, who was up and coming, and Hogan, one of, you know, one, of, one of the guys on my Mount Rushmore. So it was fun to watch. It was good to revisit and see, see, see the old man in the ring kicking kick, kick the tires a little bit. Were you sad to see them drop their tag titles? I wasn't sad, but, I mean, I knew it was inevitable. So it wasn't as horrible for you as it was for Alo when Triple H would turn on that was hard for me yeah. when Triple H turned out. <laughs> I cried a little bit. And this I, was like... I know with Hulk, Hulk, Hulk Hogan at this point, though, it's, it's nostalgia. And this is like a 21-year-old yeah. Mr. Sexy. Yeah, 21, <laughs> um, semi-inebered, probably a fifth deep yeah. wrestling fan. What do you think you were drinking at the time? 21? I was probably uh, probably uh, doing some uh, beers and straight uh, straight shots. Okay. I could see you drinking like a Bush or something like that. Or a Miller Light. I don't know why. Yeah, I was going uh, probably... I was transitioning from Natty Light to, to Miller Light. Classing it up with Miller Light. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, class it up. You gotta bring it up. You gotta bring it up a notch. I'm 21 yeah, now. that's I, how you I, got I, so I guess sexy. Stuff, I get stuff legal. Yeah. Um, yeah, I enjoyed this match. I thought it was great. Jer- Test, Rikishi, and Jericho all got involved in this. I love that Jericho came back out. Loved him exiting through the crowd. 
Um, yeah, the run-ins were fun to watch. Yeah, it was a fun tag match. Halo. Tess is still as ugly as I remember. <laughs> well, first of all, damn you WWE for not wanting to pay Jimi Hendrix royalties for Voodoo <laughs> Child. And give me a horrible dubbing. It was yeah, so bad. it was bad. Because you know I love Voodoo Child. Mm-hmm. And the ending, I completely forgot Jericho interfered because there was like no payoff to this mm-hmm. because I believe the next night or in the next couple of weeks he went to Raw in that whole jump to the other side thing. So I was like, Jericho really helped them win the tie title? <laughs> I, I, I forgot completely about it. Well, they're all Canadians. Yeah, but they, I don't think Jericho was involved with I don't remember him. Involved. I don't remember him being involved with it either. He wasn't really. But that was my thought process when I was watching yeah, it. Yeah, someone maybe can like, tell us after listening to this yeah, thought, whether we're wrong about that, but end, I don't remember. I thought it ended from test, but it didn't. I was like, Jericho? Really? Yeah, pleasant surprise, though, for me anyway. Uh, Bischoff, now having uh, secured the services of Triple H, is pitching to Kurt Angle before his match. Uh, Stephanie has an interview where she says eventually she's going to rip the heart out of Raw. JR was theorizing, like, does that mean she has a plan? What does she consider the heart of Raw? Do any of you know what, if that ever paid off? She, that took, she took the Undertaker. Thing? So that was what she got. That was the heart of Raw she was referring Is to. She, I know she got the Undertaker at, after SummerSlam. No, 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 before SummerSlam, because he fought Tess the next month for SummerSlam. Okay. So later that month, she got Taker. So speaking of the Undertaker, we had The Rock... Versus Kurt Angle versus Mark Calloway. Thank you. For, <laughs> for the Undisputed don't, Championship. Don't, don't do that to me. No, because he, he didn't have the bandana on. Like, there's Mark. Don't do that to me. Bandana, the short, like, no, but, no, but he didn't hair. have the bandana on. So I was like, oh, this is so bad. Yeah, I really did not like this era of the so my least favorite. Yeah, so he will, this sure. will always be Mark Calloway to me. At best, I'll give him Mean Mark. <laughs> That's about it. I mean, you're coming out the Limp Bizkit, you're not going to get win any points from there. No. The Rock ultimately gets this win. Uh, I thought this was a fun main event. All three guys used the other guy's signature moves on each yes. other. Yes. The Rock, that was great. The, the Rock, his sharpshoot was better than his chokeslam. <laughs> and that's saying a lot. At one point, you had The Undertaker who rock bottom Rock, then turned around angle slam angle in, yeah. in like a short little interaction right there. It was... Fun. Yeah, it was awesome. Did The Rock try the ankle lock at one point? Yeah, he did. He did. Yeah. That was better than a sharpshooter. <laughs> the Rock also mocked The Undertaker with a little motorcycle. Yeah, yeah, I wanted to point that out so bad. I love that. Like, the spit to the hand and then yeah. doing the... <laughs> revving up the cycle. One of my favorite Rock things. Like, whenever he did that, I popped huge. Yeah. The Rock, obviously, was basically going to keep this title warm for somebody else. Uh, but I thought this was a fun main event. And JR's commentating on this match yes. was incredible. Yeah, you, you listen back to the, some of these old pay-per-views, you realize how much you miss someone like a JR at ringside these days. Nowadays, it's it's crazy. Yeah, and I can't, as much as Michael Cole is horrible, it's definitely not all his fault. Like, he's really put in a no-win situation. Because he talks a lot. Mm-hmm. And JR didn't have to plug everything Every every second of the of the night, and that's what Michael Cole has to do. And he wasn't forced to say the dumbest stuff. WWE. WWE. Oh, listen to the universe. JR brought life into the kind of it's like you said. He would get into it if he if he someone who he wanted to win was winning. He would make you feel like it's a big moment. Yeah, and, and like I said earlier in the RVD match, 
JR selling near falls. Like, not mm-hmm. like the, the end, the last two months of that match, he was amped up the entire match. And he made, like, he really made you care. Mm-hmm. And it wouldn't be a throwback without me saying this. Earl had this horse. <laughs> I was <laughs> waiting. I was waiting. <laughs> <laughs> he took a bump. It was so bad. He grabbed his ankle. I, I don't know what he was doing. So that, when that moment happened, he was, like, shaking out his leg at one point when he stood up. I started to write it in my notes. I was like, you know what? I'm not even going to have to say anything about Earl Hebner. It'll come up. Alo will pounce on it the first opportunity he <laughs> you know, gets. You no, know, because the thing was, throughout the show, I was like, no Earl Hebner. No problems. No Earl Hebner bumps. In the last match, in the last two minutes, there it is. There it is. I should have known. Should have known I wouldn't get through this one without exactly. one. Exactly. Uh, Almost did. I was so close, but... Yeah, a couple other little touches. I loved when Angle was bleeding. And JR said he had a deep laceration. <laughs> Love the way he would describe things. Also, the uh, the like limp arm thing, the match is over on the first one now. It used to be, you know, the three. Yeah, on the I third used to one. love that. I, 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 I never really that. noticed that. You know, like, you know how, like, how much I can save somebody and mm-hmm. how they look instead of having them just pass out? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I, I used to love that. The one, two, and then they kind of kick it up. I think it just... Bring that back, WWE. You hear me? I, I think the rear naked choke just got... You see it in like UFC so much where someone either taps or they pass out, and if they pass out, it's over. I think they must have just felt like we can't pretend like you passed out, but you didn't really... I don't know. I don't really know. Yeah, but the logic... Or did they, did they start doing it to make the person applying the choke look stronger? Probably probably that, that one. I mean, I'm I, trying I to can't imagine I first how you it. would say a choke out is going to knock this guy out and then you get him through a table and he's back up in like a second. Yeah, but I, I don't remember when they stopped doing that. I feel like it's been within the last year and a half. And oh, I feel no. like... She, she made a point of it. I, never, I, I, I think really it's noticed been it. at least almost 10 years. Really? What do you think, AJ? <laughs> he's he's mum. Yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like it was more recent. Like I felt like they started using it for Lesnar and like Samoa Joe. What the what the pass out? Mm-hmm. Oh, oh the pass out, yeah. yeah. Well, I thought you meant like the hand drop. Oh no. I no, haven't no. seen that in a long time. Either have I, and I I, I didn't really notice until you brought it up. Hmm. Yeah, I when they did it I was like, Oh, that match would be over right now today. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't even be able to do that. Uh but awesome match. I really love this main event. Loved this pay-per-view. The energy is totally different. The crowd is totally different. Commentary is totally different. The performers that are going out there are put in positions to succeed. <laughs> it's like two different worlds. Yeah, I mean, you had quality matches. You had wrestlers you cared about. And you had some some drama going on behind the scenes that you kind of wanted to know what was going on there, too. So all in all, you were into the pay-per-view. Yeah, there were actually story points throughout the, the show. Uh... Anything else anyone wants to add from either the main event or the show as a whole? That belt was gorgeous. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was a nice belt. The was it the, the third version, I believe, of that belt? Really? That they went through so many versions of that title. Yeah, at least eight. I wow. think I read online. Yeah, beautiful belt. Good pay per view. Alo, any last thoughts? Good job. Good yeah, job. I agree. I think we're all in agreement. This is a very good show. It was a fun show. Nice trip down memory lane. Uh, I guess that is everything. I'll say we're one last time. next pick, though. Yeah, before we get out of here. Preptagon Jr., he's his gonna, inaugural selection for break, Throwback Madness in August. Heart. So, I know that Ron picked this month <laughs> in hopes that I'd pick the SummerSlam to follow. Uh-huh. 
But I will not be doing that. <laughs> and I know Alo thinks I'm picking a WCW pay-per-view. <laughs> but if you don't know, August is usually hog wild. And Ooh. those are... I can't even stand that. So, so you wouldn't do that to yourself. So I wouldn't do that to else. myself. Well, I did text him saying, I know you wouldn't pick WCW. I have an idea of what you would pick. You say you're not picking L2, so I do have another one I think you'll pick. Mm-hmm. So my choice for next month's throwback is SummerSlam 2000. Wow, that oh, was not what you thought. That was not. <laughs> oh, Joke's on you. Joke's on you. I thought it was 13. How do you feel about this I, pick, Ayla? I thought about picking 13, but it's too... It's recent? still recent, yeah. Huh. SummerSlam so 2000. Good! <laughs> how many shows have we done from 2000? A lot. I'm trying to remember. I'm, I'm never going to remember. I, well, I don't even know why I'm going to pretend well, I can possibly saying? Well, remember. I think most of mine were from 2000. I can't say we did a lot today. Because I, we did Backlash. Judgment Day was mine. Backlash 2000. I think... Did I we think, do an Armageddon from 2000 or no? No. Or was that Armageddon 04? We didn't do Armageddon. We didn't? No. We did Vengeance 01. Hmm. That was December. Because Armageddon was always in December. Yeah, I, I've just picked mostly 2000 pay-per-views. So well, we, so you coined the, the phrase, one. it's 2,000 all over again. So. For <laughs> <laughs> episode one. Yeah. Uh, so this will be Rap Your Alley then, yeah. SummerSlam 2000. Yeah, yeah. first ever TLC, well, the first official TLC match. Yeah. Triple Threat match, mm-hmm. Triple H, Rock, oh, Angle, Angle, the original Angle, Stephanie, <laughs> Triple H, Love Yeah, uh, so I guess you guys have a month. To watch SummerSlam 2000. I can't wait. Shane yeah. Blackman. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, Erica I didn't even realize that. that was on that show. Wow. Yeah, Erica loved that. Yeah. Um, Eddie and China versus Val and Trish for the, for the IC title. Interesting. Road Dog versus X-Pac. Um, yeah. Jericho Benoit, two out of three falls. That'd be good. That was fun. Undertaker versus Kane, that was a fight. So that was... Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's nothing. Um, is that the first TLC? I know it's RTC versus Too Cool Rikishi, I believe. And I think that's most of the card for the most part. I'm always happy if I get too cool. Taz versus Jerry Lawler. Taz versus King. Oh, wow. All right. Our pass. Yeah, this this is a good one to look forward to. Uh, So if that's the show, uh, again, if you enjoy the show, five-star reviews, subscribe. Uh, It's a huge help to us. We'd really appreciate it. Uh, For Mr. Sexy Punakana, then now forever, C. Kane Joe Rottermill. For Pentagon Jr., Josh Prepaguina. Too sweet. (laughs) For Mr. Wednesday Night Live, Alo Aaron Lloyd. I am Ron Pashery, and we will see you next month. Got him now, put him down right now, hit him with the palm handle. Tuning up the band, y'all don't understand. Fist of Superman, it's a summer slam. Here we go again. Fans mocking man, man, I hate my balls. Shut the basement, man. It ain't shake the land off the cell. Fans love it, ain't hard to tell. Talking madness, awesome. Well, what I'm cooking, man, y'all awesome.